0: Average, I would say, bedtime is uh, probably, <laughs> you're going to laugh at this, probably seven. I get up uh, fairly early, I would say four to 4.30. This is The Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. Pardon it. Here's your host, the oldest man to ever start a
1: podcast, Greg Cody.
2: Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. They take the ball from goal to goal in Ryan Fitzpatrick's
1: beard. Talk (laughs) about those fins, baby! (laughs) How about it? Oh man, we're back. Is is that a thing with the Dolphins? Like for some reason, that's a thing with the University of Miami. Is the U back? Are the Dolphins back?
2: Uh, The the Dolphins are not back, but they've uh, they've moved up in the line. They've gone from the back of the line. To, uh, closer to the middle, and, uh, and UM, after uh, losing yet again to uh, Nemesis Clemson, their ACC roadblock, is not back, and uh, UM fans keep asking, are we back? First of all, coming off a 6-7 and seven season, I don't think you're even allowed to raise the question, but uh, after you lose a third straight lopsided game to Clemson, uh, no, you're not back.
1: You may be getting better, but uh, quit with the back stuff already. But who was that game? I feel like that score, what was it, like 42-17 or something? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I feel
1: like yeah. that score is closer than it actually was.
2: Oh, yeah. The score flattered uh, the, the Canes. Um, you know, they, they only scored their first touchdown because of
1: that.
2: I don't know what Davos Swinney was thinking of when he goes for a 61-yard field goal in the closing seconds of the first half, and that's blocked and returned for a touchdown. I mean, that's, you don't
1: do that. that. That's just insane. Penalties early on crushed them. Because yep. they actually remember that stop they made early in that game. They almost had a pick on Lawrence and it all came back because of just a foot being offsides. Like they didn't even right. jump the, 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 snap. It was just a foot lined up off sides. And from there on, it was just a downhill, the whole game.
2: You're right. It was depressing to watch her if you're a Canes fan because you never felt like you were in it. You know, even after they scored that second touchdown, I don't think there was a single minute in the game where a Canes fan was going, all right, we're back. We're, we're going we're gonna to win this game. It, it just, you know, it, it's almost unfair to, to judge yourself against Clemson, which is the powerhouse right now. But the, the reality is when the national powerhouse is also atop your conference, there's no hope to be back, quote-unquote. And back, by the way, back doesn't mean being pretty good. Uh, if you're a Canes fan with five national championships and you're saying, are we back yet? You're thinking, are we competing for national championships again? And the answer is absolutely not until you find a way to
1: beat Clemson. But so the, but the Canes are probably the second best team in the conference. Even though there's actually, you know what? I shouldn't even say that. They might not be. North Carolina looks decent. That like I, Notre Dame's obviously in the ACC this season. So. Right. The Canes yeah. honestly beat up on some bad teams at the start of the season. Louisville, who was ranked at the time, turns out to be pretty bad. Right. So, Florida State's obviously not great. The right. Dolphins, but <laughs> the Dolphins though. I feel like the Dolphins could make the playoffs, especially with the 2020 expanded playoffs. I'm just, you know, it's a good time to be a South Florida sports fan right now.
2: I'll tell you one thing. The Dolphins are extremely improved over last year. They've made great strides and I don't care what their final record ends up being or whether they make the playoffs or not. They have made strides on their rebuild Uh, last week against uh, Seattle. That was a game. They would have got blown out last year and they, they were competing a little bit and and in this game, to, to, to run up 40-plus points on San Francisco, it, it was enormously successful. It was the most complete game they've played this year, and, um, and, and I was very impressed.
1: This is just a good time for sports down here.
2: It, it's a good time. We just uh, – you know, the Marlins just finally got eliminated, but like the Dolphins, the Marlins are on the path back, and, um, and, and Miami, even after losing, is still ranked number 12 in the country. Uh, the Heat – Um, You know, we always are very transparent here. We're recording this earlier Sunday before game six. So when you're listening to this, uh, maybe the Heat have been eliminated and and LeBron is celebrating another title. Or maybe, heaven forbid, God, can it possibly be?
1: Maybe there's a game seven. But either way, the Heat have had a hell of a year. Are you going to write them off again? Because we did this exact same thing last (laughs) Sunday where we were talking about a game that was about to happen. And I, you know, kind of looked like a genius saying that if any team can, you know, fight back against this LeBron team, it's a team that's deep, you know, and, you yeah. know, I look, yeah, I look like a genius. I don't have to repeat it, but uh, right. so, like, are you doing it again? Or are you ruling it out? Because I'm not ruling it out. This team has guts. This team has balls. This team has heart. I am not right. touting this team out. I, I think we got a game seven Tuesday night. Well, I, I hope so because what are you saying? Let's go make a sports. prediction. Right now it's seven twenty-two. Right. I'm looking at my clock right now. It's seven twenty-two p.m. Game six is about okay. to tip off. People are listening to this after it's happened. Make your prediction. Greg. Right.
2: Okay, I do think uh, the Heat, God love them, uh, are going to lose, and LA ah. is going to win game six. I hope I'm wrong because there's little in sports better than a game seven and i hope we get that around. how
1: how are you feeling by the way because all this good stuff happening with south florida sports just means more work for you yes are, it you, does. Able, are you able to enjoy this or are you just complaining constantly i am
2: i've been busting my ass uh, writing like two especially when the marlins were happening and and the heater in the nba finals and you know dolphins and canes are starting marlins. their seasons i mean it's I, i've been working man i've been working. so, you, so you've been hating it uh, sort of great. admit
1: it. You've been rooting for the heat to lose since game five.
2: I can't say that. And even if I could, I wouldn't <laughs> on a Miami podcast, but, uh, let's just say that, uh, when the Marlins were finally eliminated and the idea of the heat season finally being over, uh, does not bring a tear to my eye. Let's just say that.
1: <laughs> what do we got today? What's oh man.
2: You know what? This is a weird episode.
1: What, what podcast is this by the way?
2: Okay. <laughs> Hey, have I said it yet? Welcome to The Greg Cody Show, Podcast 32. This is a big number in sports, 32. A lot of famous people like Jim Brown, the great running back, have worn number 32. It's a classic sports number. And this is podcast number 32. And it's a special one. You know what this podcast is subtitled? Growing Up Cody. And I'll tell you why. You think you know me, you guys and gals. You think you know me because you've heard me for years. You've read me for years. You've heard me for years. On the Levitard Show and elsewhere, you think you know me, you don't, but you're going to after today, and here's why. Our guest on the show is my older brother, aka Uncle Dick Cody. This is the man who has known me longest and better than anyone else on earth, and we have a fun conversation talking about what I was like growing up and him trying to teach me to fish, and I I don't know what all we got into or what all is going to make this podcast, but it, it was a fun conversation, and we really enjoyed it.
1: If you're a fan of Lebetsard Show, he's, you know, infamous. I don't want to say infamous because infamous is negative. He's just, he's been talked about a lot on the Lebetsard yeah. Show. And the people now finally Horky. get to learn and hear from Uncle Dick. We learn about him and we get to hear stories about my dad. And it's so perfect the way this interview starts because it's very indicative of the kind of guy Uncle Dick is because him and my dad are both very similar. They're not the most technical savvy people. Greg has come a long way in recent years. So this starts off with an interaction of us just trying to get Uncle Dick in the right room, because he's down visiting my dad, and they're going to record on Zoom, so we're going to put him in a different room on my mom's Zoom, and he ends up walking into, he thinks he's going to be doing it with, like, it's just a funny situation that starts this interview, so let's get right to it. What are you doing? Where's she at?
0: You're supposed to be out with her. Where are you? From where you're sleeping, I said. Oh, okay. I hear you. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you, you can't be together because it'll be a weird uh yeah
0: that's what i thought we'd be sitting side by side this is crazy look at this i'm mic. i say me okay yeah where's the uh sound the volume
1: got it as loud as it'll go get closer no you don't have to be that crazy but look at us using technology <laughs> uncle dick is this the most technical savvy thing you've ever done i
0: would say it probably is yes <laughs> right after talking on a cell phone
1: you don't text though right no. When well, you have a cell phone, why haven't you like, you know, been open to the possibility of texting?
0: Well, Mainly because I don't know how to do
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It is annoying. I, I don't like.
0: Rather, I'd rather talk on the phone than text. Yeah. Yeah. actually sit there with your thumbs and, uh, you know, <laughs> actually text somebody.
2: Right. But then it, uh, it auto-corrects everything. Like uh, in my line of work, when I'm texting with my boss or a coworker, a lot of the time I use the word column. Like, look for my new column. I just filed my new column. In it, and they always autocorrect it to C-A-L-L, him. Call him instead of call him. And every time I have to manually correct it, it's so annoying.
1: Oh, yeah. It really is. The first thing I want to ask you, you know, we're going to try to keep it, obviously, my dad-centric because of how odd okay. he is. Yeah. Do we know why they waited nine years? Like, were you an accident, Dad?
2: I think I was. Um, <laughs> I, I really think I was. Uh, I, I don't know that I ever had that discussion with, uh, maybe Dick overheard them talking about it at some point, but I have to assume nine years later, I was an accident, because mom would have been, uh, like, I think in her early 40s when she had me, and um, yeah, and and I also think I was a difficult childbirth, uh, hence my nickname, The Point. Um, I have (laughs) a... uh, I I have a slightly <laughs> misshapen head, which I always took to mean it was a slightly difficult childbirth for my poor mother.
0: Yeah. All kids, kids had that at a certain age, you know. That's oh, there could old. be. Especially way
2: back then, you know.
0: Well neighbor you hadn't I used to call him the mad character. Oh, right. He had, a, he had a head just like you know, a small body and a huge head. <laughs> right.
2: Well back what? then the doctors uh you know, they probably used forceps to pull you out of the womb. So did, did, who gave you on. who
1: gave who came, who <laughs> Who came up with the nickname, The Point? Was it Uncle Dick?
2: I think it was, wasn't it, Dick? <laughs> Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. That's such yeah. a good one. Thank you so much for that. That's uh, such, a, such a flattering nickname. Uh, uh, Dick was famous for um, nicknames uh, when he was in his tough guy era, when he was like 17 or 18, and he had cigarettes rolled up in his T-shirt. and uh, Michael it, Winston. Exactly. Well, He's back got- then, uh, you could smoke. Uh, you
0: know, nobody cared.
1: I do not know I had a bad boy face, but – <laughs> like, did you not like like? Were you not a bad boy like like? Just I, I'm just going based off of what my dad just said with the cigarettes rolled up like like. Well, yeah, that that was true. I'm not thinking of like bad boy like doing bad things. I'm almost picturing like the Fonz. like when like yeah. that's the kind of vibe <laughs> I'm
0: thinking of. Well, that's true. That was a thing back in the day, right? You know? And, and I, when I actually had homie hair and I could comb it and slick it back right
1: and maybe it's because you guys were nine years different so maybe when you were that age that it was like a different time I don't know but like I'm just saying like that seems like a different because I can't picture you doing that dad well I feel (laughs) like um like what was your cool like when were you your coolest dad me yeah I I don't know that I've ever been
2: cool um (laughs) I think when I was in college actually um was probably my coolest but it wasn't because I was a bad boy or one of these kind of characters. I think it was because, uh, you know, I wrote a column for the school, for the student newspaper at uh, at FAU, and the column sig was not a photo of me, it was just a caricature. And so mom and a couple of her friends on campus were always trying to figure out who I was and everything, whether right. they had me in any classes, because it was just a, a caricature of my face. And I heard that story after the fact from, um, from mom and, and Molly, who, you know, uh, Christopher, um, they were at college and they were wondering who the hell I was. And so you, like so, so you, cool back
1: then. so like when you were like the writer for the, the college paper, and like that was like your heyday, which makes sense. That's, that's, I'd say college is most people's heyday. Uh, probably,
2: yeah. And I, you know, I played on the, the soccer team and, you know, um, briefly, albeit
0: and, and not very well. You mentioned the college paper. I remember you used to write for the uh, high school paper. Oh, yeah. The MacArthur or whatever it was called. Yeah,
2: it, w- it was called the High Times, and they uh, changed the name <laughs> soon after I graduated because of the drug connotation. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's re- really where I found my, my voice as a writer uh, was in high school. And, you know, I was attacked at a water cooler once by half yeah. half the football team because I had written something.
0: That's yeah. what I was going to say. I remember you writing something derogatory about the football team, and, and they were – you know, football players are after you.
2: Oh yeah. Because because back then it was unheard of for a controversial column in a high school paper. You know, back then if, if you were writing for the, you know, the Poe Dunk high school newspaper, you know, all you did was write praise praiseworthy things about the Poe Dunk football team. You didn't dare say how lousy they were because they were going two and eight every single year. But yeah. Uncle Dick, by the way, um uh is the reason that I fell into my career by happenstance because Dick? I don't even know if you remember this, but you're the one who noticed that ad in the newspaper yeah. for mm-hmm. a part-time clerk at the Miami Herald Broward office. Wow! And um, yeah. and okay. because of that advertisement, uh, I answered the ad. Uh, I didn't even dr- I hadn't even graduated from high school yet. I didn't even have a license or a car. Yeah. So I literally took a bus from 1440 to uh, the Herald building on Sunrise Boulevard in Fort Lauderdale. I met in a little corner office that I think of every day when I drive by it to this day. And uh, Jim Marks was the Broward sports editor and I know Jim to this day and I thank him for my career as well. And um, and he hired me. And uh, and you know, about a week after he hired me, I answered the phone because that's one of my jobs was answering the phone. And who's calling but uh, Chris Everett who at the time was the most famous women's tennis player in the in the world trained right up the street from our office at Holiday Park and Jim was a tennis writer as well as being a sports editor and she said and I said who's calling please she says Chris Everett for Jim Marks. and um and it was at that moment that I thought I have just fallen into what could be a pretty interesting job.
0: <laughs> That's, That's pretty true. cool. I remember, I remember seeing that uh advertisement in the paper and it yep. had something on there about doing stats and I'm thinking Greg could do that. That's, you know, Greg would <laughs> be interested in this job. <laughs>
2: yeah, and, and I didn't read, you know, I didn't read the paper at that time. No. Uh, so uh, <laughs> if he hadn't seen that ad and told me about it, I doubt very much I would have uh, fallen into the career I had.
1: Uncle Dick, what's at the top of your list in terms of you're in charge of Christopher and Michael, and there's like something, like an incident happens, because I would nominate, because weren't you watching me when I, at, at a flag football practice, I like yes. had, a, had a collision, and yes. I ended up having to get stitches. Yes. What do you remember about that? Well,
0: uh, the coach was having you run a double reverse. Which was, yes. <laughs> yeah, like the two ends coming around. Yeah. And I guess he didn't uh, specifically tell you where to go.
1: And
0: right. you I, And I ran into each other. <laughs> and I think you were like dazed and, uh, you know, stunned and dazed. Yeah. And uh, I guess I – Concussed. I don't know if you yeah, ever had, probably. Concussion, but yeah, but you ended up in the emergency room. Yeah, uh, I had yeah. a call mom and dad. I guess they were out to dinner or something. I don't yeah. Know.
2: Well, we uh, we got called, and I distinctly remember that because it was a it was a big gash above one of his eyebrows, and I think it was seven or eight nine stitches. And I remember I was in the room when they were stitching you up, and I almost fainted <laughs> from seeing them stitch. Your wound and uh the I remember the nurse uh laughing at me because I was almost <laughs> fainting i mean i seriously i got woozy, I got nauseous, I was sweating i couldn't take that and and you asked me what, what would I have done if I hadn't fallen into journalism? Uh, I would not have been a doctor or a nurse because uh I realized then that uh, I'm a real wimp to this day when I give blood or something at a doctor's office i I look away. I can't see the needle going into me. I'm a real wimp.
0: I'm the same way, believe me.
2: <laughs> Dick, I have, a, I have a memory that I've always carried with me, and I have no idea whether it's true or not, or whether it's just something I think happened. So I, uh, I've always thought of it. But was there a time at one point when uh, you were in the house uh, taking a nap, and I came up to you with a coffee can? Oh, yeah. One third filled <laughs> with pennies.
0: Yes. <laughs> a,
2: a metal can. And I shook that can right next to his head and violently woke him up out of a peaceful sleep. Yeah. And that was, I think that was the maddest you'd ever, you'd ever been at me.
0: Yeah. I was in the room and you were doing stats and I fell asleep on the bed and, you know, I was uh, in deep sleep. And the next thing I know, I thought the roof was caving in on me. Still loving a fetal position and there's a loud noise and I thought the roof was coming down. Yeah. I still owe you for that one.
2: Well, no. <laughs> I think I think you paid me back because the second half of that story is that I think you were so mad at me that you ripped um, the uh, cardboard cover of my Stratomatic game. Which oh, was, is that
0: what that was all about? Which
2: was tantamount to wow. you know, tearing a Bible in half in front of wow. a priest.
0: Well, I remember the jumping up and down on the scrabble. No, it was a. It, I, I think Stratomatic, it was. The, it? I think
2: it was the Stratomatic. It had board, to be yeah. Stratomatic. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because yeah. those were the stratomatic
0: that. days. Yeah, I was thinking about that, but I didn't realize the reason for it. Okay.
2: Yeah, those were the stratomatic days uh, when I was holed up in my corner bedroom. And I was so adept at that game that I could play a nine in a game in about 25 minutes.
1: I want to pause for a second and jump on that topic because Gr- Uncle Dick mentioned it just casually before. And it right. made me laugh out loud. Is You were in your room doing stats. Like, Uncle Dick, I want you to paint a picture of what my dad was like at the peak of Stratomatic Baseball. Like, how long would he be in his room for? Like, what exactly was he doing? Like, you know,
0: hours and hours. <laughs> and I said, there's a little tiny desk. And I mean, well, how big was that desk, Greg? Maybe 18 inches by 36 inches?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was
0: a tiny little desk. <laughs> yeah. Like a little, little child desk. desk. With four spindly legs and just doing stats for hours and hours. I did Stratomatic for a long time. Um,
2: I would say from, you know, from age 10 to into high school. Um, yeah. I, it, took me, uh, it took me about seven years to finish half of a season because I would play every game. You know, well, I you're, still
0: game... In a, you're still in a 1975
2: season, aren't you? Oh, God, I wish it was a 1967 season. 67, and, and, oh, okay. <laughs> and when you talk about me keeping stats once a week, I would type out you know, all my top 20 batting leaders and oh my God. My RBI leaders and, earned Wait, run like, average and- let, let,
1: <laughs> let me just paint this picture. That the audience is keeping up with this. So you would literally play out on Stratomatic, which is a board game where it's two teams playing baseball every game of a major league season. And you got through an entire half of a season.
2: Yeah. That's every inc- single game. I remember my I think my National League batting leader was uh, a player named Orlando
1: Cepeda. I remember that name.
2: I think he played for the St. Louis Cardinals. I'm not 100% I re- sure. Dad,
1: I remember that name because we played before they made a modern one or before we got a modern one. Me and you would play that old version of Stratomatic. So I remember those random names. Like that Cepeda name. Like I remember playing I he, that board name.
0: I yeah. thought he played for San Francisco, huh? I'd have to look that up. What's his name? Orlando,
2: What's his name? Orlando Cepeda. CEPEDA in yeah.
1: 1967. He played for He played for in 67 he played for St. Louis. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, he played he played sure, right? on the Giants from 58 to 65. Look at us. The Greg Cody show, ladies and gentlemen. Keep it up with the times.
2: <laughs> Talking about 60-year-olds. Now, now, games. while we're on
1: the topic of, of Stratomatic, what the people, this is one of the like the like of all the questions people want to hear about in this interview is Paul Radke. What is <laughs> what is your memory, Uncle Dick, of Paul Radke?
0: Oh, I don't remember much at all, other than the name.
1: Yeah, okay. That's
0: about all I remember. I don't think I ever met the guy. Oh, I, so uh, was I, he I, real, I Greg?
1: <laughs> well,
0: <A fictional> character? <laughs> there's, no re-
2: there's no reason why Dick would have met him. I mean, he was a, a backdoor neighbor. He was like catty corner to our house on the other side, not <laughs> in the front, but in the back. And um, he was a little bit older. than I mean, me. he's probably about your age. He was, you know, like when I was 15, 14 or something, he was probably, you know, in college age or something like that. But at any rate, he used to play... Stratomatic. So, for a period there, um, you know, I would go to his house or he would come into my screened in porch and we would play Stratomatic games. And not for that long a period of time, but whenever it comes up on the Levitard show, they always make it seem like an unseemly relationship. Well, like you, know, you know, how
1: weird that was, you know. It's,
0: wow.
1: Yeah. I mean, see, Uncle, they it. Uncle, they understand. It's, it's weird. I,
0: thought, I think it would be interesting if you try to get in touch with Paul Ratke. Yeah.
1: No, I don't even yeah, remember.
0: He's probably 18 years old by now.
2: It could be. I don't know.
1: Those are fun times. Uh, I'm just trying to imagine if I was like 22 years old and dad, and I'm like, all right, I'm going out for a little bit. Where are you going? Oh, I'm going across the street to play uh, uh strimatic baseball with a 13-year-old.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, it's just a completely normal relationship. Yeah. Um, oh, well, <laughs> it,
2: it, it seemed fine at the time because uh, – yeah. It was, it was all stratomatic. You know, we're just yeah. rolling dice on cardboard, baby.
0: Those were more and more innocent times.
1: Uncle Dick, so you had come back from the war, which is crazy. So, like, for the people, obviously, that don't know, what did you do in the war?
0: Well, it wasn't a war. I wasn't in the Vietnam. Oh. I was in North States in Northern Japan. I was in the Army Security Agency, which is basically electronic counterintelligence. And we monitored. We were not far at all from... Like I, I mentioned, your dad the other day, we're not far at all across the uh, Sea of Japan from the largest Russian naval naval. I think it's the largest naval base in the world still, and we monitored a, a lot of Russian communications in North Korea.
1: And dad, what like do you? What do you remember? Like so, so, he wasn't actually in the war, so it wasn't like you were worried about his life. Like, what do you remember about having a brother away at war or, or well, in the army? Um,
2: I, I remember being grateful that he wasn't. Uh, he hadn't been sent to be. Nana did.
1: Nana must have been so worried, even though he wasn't in the war. Like she was such a warrior.
2: Yeah. Oh, my mom was a, a terrific warrior. But uh, he sent back photographs of, of these great uh, life size ice sculptures of uh, you know full scale model uh, trains uh, and made of ice and everything, and it was just fantastic. And it almost seemed like, wow, I wish I wish I was in Japan, you know. <laughs> So that was pretty cool. And, and uh, I started the Cody News. I don't know if Dick remembers this. Uh, I started the Cody News uh, family newsletter uh, that I, I think I sent to Uncle Dick in Japan. I, I sent to my cousin in Vietnam. And, um, and it would have little uh, updates about things going on in our household. And I still have copies of the Cody News in my garage, really? and I, I I read them now, and it's such childish stuff. I mean,
0: such minuscule stuff. I, I would uh, love to see one of those. When you brought the Cody News up, I had kind of forgotten about it, you know? But I, not if you mention it, I do oh, yeah. remember the Cody News.
2: It was probably the first writing I ever did uh, that people, that anybody read, was the Cody News. What a creative name, <laughs> the Cody News. Uh. I remember at some point we had a, a little basketball court <laughs> on the side of our house that dad made. And, uh, and we got into some fairly spirited um, competition on the basketball court because I was finally old enough where I could compete with him. That's the weird thing about being nine years apart is that, you know, when I'm eight and he's 16, 17, you know, he doesn't want anything to do with me. You know, right. um, and so it's tough being close to your brother as a little kid when you're growing up. I think Dick and I are closer than we've ever been as adults. But uh, I remember when I was a little kid, uh, he was a good big brother. He tried to teach me fishing. I remember uh, we went out on a little boat on Loxahatchee and you know, caught a bunch of mudfish and gar, and I'm thinking, wow, this is <laughs> not really that exciting. What does he see in fishing? Uh, so he he gave me a chance to love fishing as much as he d- did, which I I thank him for. But uh, never really caught that bug either.
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember that distinctly. That's why the, the origins of another nickname. For a while, I used to call you Boomer because you were talking very loudly in a boat, and it was echoing down the canal. And there was another person with an a half mile of us, and they they could probably hear us a half mile, hear you a half mile away.
1: (laughs) Wow, that makes me laugh, because I am the older brother, and I'm always, my my brother, Michael, like, talks so loud, and I'm always, like, at restaurants, like, dude, like, we're right here, like, you don't need to, like, everybody doesn't need to hear you in the restaurant. I'd forgotten that you used to call me Boomer. Boomer!
0: I'd I'd forgotten that nickname. I was watching that basketball game last night, and... That basketball court we had was about the size of the paint on a basketball yeah. court. It was very oh, it was tiny. Small. Yeah, and I remember you were deadly from the foul line, and I try to rush in with the ball and jump as high as I could, and you just go do a layup right around me, right. or just boom, you know, like he shoot ninety nine percent from the foul line. Boom. I
2: have, I have to say, and you know, I'm glad Dick just mentioned that unsolicited, because uh, back in the day. Uh,
1: I could shoot a little hoop. I was uh, yeah. I was pretty good.
0: Yeah, and I could not dribble.
1: And the game, <laughs> the the game Uncle Dick was just referencing last night was actually Heat Lakers fi- NBA Finals Game Five incredible win by the Heat to get, make it three two. Like Uncle Dick, how insane! Like how insane was the end of that game? I
0: couldn't make the end of the game.
1: <laughs> oh, you went to sleep. Uh, yes, <laughs> I want to like let people like, like. What what is your average go to bed and average time to get up in the morning? Uh,
0: average, I would say bedtime is uh, probably. <laughs> you're gonna laugh at this. Probably seven. Wow. And uh, I get up uh, fairly early. I would say four to four thirty. Wow.
1: And and how when did that start? Like like did you like when you were in your twenties? you Obviously, like weren't doing that.
0: I used to say I have to watch the Tonight Show and stuff. I don't know. Gradually, yeah. over the years, I guess.
1: It's just like as the years have gone, you just go to bed yeah. earlier and earlier. Like, yeah. is it, do you just get tired or like, what is it? Like, what, what's going on there?
0: I don't know. Yeah, probably tired and bored. <laughs> yeah. There's a okay. lot of boredom involved. You know, you're, you're just channel surfing and nothing yeah. going on. Uh, the hell with it. I'm going to bed, you know. Yeah, for
1: sure. And I get no. up at
0: four, four in the morning and I'm doing dishes and on the computer and uh, cleaning up. Yeah.
2: You know, now now that you mention it, um, I would say a third of the emails I get from my brother, I find out the next day, uh, he sends to me at like, you know, 3.47 in the morning, you know, (laughs) 4.19, you know, 5.01, you know, I'm I'm like,
0: I'm not going to be up for another three and a half, four hours, what is he doing? I open my eyes and I'm up, that's it. I got a lot of stuff to do. Got to do, <laughs> as Mom used to say. Got to just do.
1: So you're going to bed in like the daylight a lot of times.
0: I would say, I mean, when, when when does it start to get dark? Eight o'clock? I said seven, maybe eight o'clock. You know, right? It okay. Starts to get dark. Maybe you got that sundowner or I don't like, know. Like,
1: what's like the latest that you've like you you start watching a movie and next time you look at your watch and it's nine fifteen? Like, what's the latest you've stayed up in the last ten years?
0: Oh, you know, I've probably stayed up till you know end of a NFL game, you know. Okay. The Monday night football game at 11.30 or something like that. That's probably late for me. When you 9.15 go, late for me, but, you know.
1: When you go to dinner, like with my parents, like like tonight you're in town, so you'll go to dinner with my parents. You might not leave the house till 7. How's that?
0: Well, that's true. You know, that, that's strange for me. <laughs> you know, I'm usually eating. I, I eat like – I try to eat like one meal a day, and I usually <laughs> – that's usually like three thirty in the afternoon, three thirty, four o'clock.
1: You don't eat like a breakfast?
0: No. Very rarely. I <laughs> will go out for coffee in the morning and rarely, occasionally I'll have a you know, bacon, egg and cheese sandwich or something, but to actually go out and get a breakfast, sit down breakfast, no.
2: Dick's not lying about his typical bedtime because you know, sometimes if, if I've been meaning to call him all day and I forget because I'm working, and then finally I think to call him and it's after six PM. Honestly, I don't call them because I think I might wake
0: them up, and um,
2: <laughs> you know, it's just
0: oh, yeah. hey, that's yeah. the way it is. I'll be I'll be just dozing off to sleep a lot of times when the phone is ringing. You know, it's probably a telemarketer. Or and something.
1: you're thinking, what the f- are they calling me so late for? They're
0: calling me in the middle of the <laughs> night, I at the, <laughs> in the
1: middle of the night. It's not even dark out. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever answer all angrily? Like, do you know what time it is? <laughs>
0: I don't have caller ID, so I don't know who's calling me. So I—that's the reason a lot of people say I never answer the phone because I don't have caller ID. Yeah. And I a ninety percent of them are telemarketers, so I just hang up on those.
2: The famous Uncle Dick, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you all enjoyed that. Uh, my big bro, uh, my favorite brother, actually, of any of them. Uh, by far my favorite brother and we'll have him back on for part two
1: next week's episode is better than this one i know that's kind of just a hacky tease to get you guys to come back next week we get into the pfpi you know just Mm. everything in the pfpis we get into my dad's restaurant habits that my uncle is very familiar with we get into my dad's and my uncle's fierce competitive nature on the golf course and most importantly we get to uncle dick having a little something for Dan Lebitard when we talk about how my dad is treated on The Lebitard Show. So next, oh good stuff. Like oh. any good producer, we put the good stuff in the second half and you should definitely come back for next week with Uncle Dick.
2: You know what's next? It's the Mount Gregmore name game. Yay. Unstoppable. Here comes the latest edition of the Mount Gregmore name game. And oh my, it's the O's Every week we present a letter in the alphabet and give you the top five most popular U.S. first names of that letter over the past century based on government records, and then give you the Mount Gregmore of the number one name. Well, the O's (laughs) weren't that popular. So instead of there being five in the top 100, to give you a top five, there was only one, one lonely O name. Oscar. Made the top 500 to the top 100. Oscar. That's a decent guess. Oliver. You do not win the award for Oscar, and Oliver is wrong, and may I reveal, Olivia? Well, let's find out. And the number one O name is
1: Olivia. Oh, I feel like I ruined it. See, that's that's just so. Here we go. I'm going in blind.
2: Yeah, you have a habit of uh, ruining things uh, (laughs) in terms of the name game. So here we go. Uh, No olives here. Hey, Olivia's only our honorable mention in France. There is a fairly prominent stage and film actress. Her name is Olivia Cote. May or may
1: not be related.
2: Je apprécie ton travail, ma chérie,
1: Olivia Cote. Did you and just now, pick? Did you just select her because her last name? I totally, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you never know with these obscure. You know, well, you know, you
2: got to reach for the honorable mention sometime. And now number five in 1601. William Shakespeare, I called him Bill, wrote a famous play called The Twelfth Night. The female lead character? Olivia! Number four. This is rough. She's an American actress, perhaps best known for her role as Remy 13 Hadley on the medical drama television series, House. I'd never heard of her before doing this research, but she's Olivia Wilde. Oh, yeah. I know her. Okay. Number three, another American actress, popular name for actresses. She appeared in the HBO drama series, The Newsroom. She also starred in X-Men Apocalypse and more recently played the lead role in the science fiction film, The Predator, the fourth film in the Predator franchise. Of course, she's best known, at least by me, as Aaron Rodgers' former squeeze. It's Olivia Munn. Solid. Monday, Monday. Number two, another American actress. She won an Oscar. She famously starred in Gone with the Wind, had a decades long feud with her famous sister, Joan Fontaine, an all time great from Great Britain. She lived to be 104 years old and died just this past July in Paris. God bless her and RIP, she was Dame Olivia de Havilland. Never heard of her. And now, number one. Everyone knows what number one is. The number one Olivia ever born. She's an Australian songbird who was all over the 70s and 80s. Co-starred with John Travolta in Greece. Had top-selling songs including, Have You Never Been Mellow? If Not For You, Let Me Be There, and I Honestly Love You. The world honestly loved Olivia Newton-John. This might be of all the lists the most forgettable in terms of names. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> well, hey, how about that? Another award winning Mount Gregmore. Return next week and enjoy the Mount Gregmore of peas. Mind your peas, not your cues, because the peas are next week.
1: Greg Cody's middle name is Paul. See, it should have been like if, if the name was Oscar. There's, there's a lot of Oscars out there. Oscar the Grouch, you know, famous actors. Ah,
2: but it wasn't Oscar. It was Olivia.
1: <sighs> we follow
2: the rules. We're rules followers. Will Paul make the cut next week? Only one way to find out. Stay tuned. All right. Let's get out of here. Another great Mount Gregmore, the O's. Congratulations to Olivia Newton-John. There'll be a check in the mail. Hey, Pod Family. We love you all. We love our listeners and uh, next week, of course, is is the uh, the the great episode 33. Man, we're gonna be spinning like a 33 RPM record. We're gonna set records by spinning like a 33. So join us for that carousel, and um and and we'll all have a ball,
1: man. See you next week. Was that we'll all have a ball, mare? Man, what did you say at the end there? What? What did I say? We'll all have a ball, myrrh. <laughs> We'll have a ball, man, or something like that. That was weird. By the way, next next week the podcast turns thirty three years old. That's how old I am. There you go. Spinning like a thirty three record was my reference.
2: Good night, everybody. Thanks a lot. Bye bye.